Welcome to the Crossings Church Podcast, where we connect people to God and others. And now, here's this week's message. Well, good morning. I, uh, I'm the proud beneficiary of a mismatch. Uh, I married way above my pay grade. Uh, I'm happy to say that I did. How many have ever seen that person that's uh, dated or married way above their pay grade? Now you ask questions sometimes. You can't help but ask, like, how do he do that? No one ever asked that stuff? Like, then you start to wonder, like, he must be rich. That guy's got money. Or really good personality. He must have jokes all day long. Like, do you hear about the one? You know, just all the time. Like, it's like comedy show constantly something and it reminds me kind of like us and the Lord because it's such an overwhelming mismatch the Lord's perfect he's he's powerful he's good he's gracious and somehow he picked the likes of you and me blows my mind really does now, there is the occasional person that doesn't realize what they have. Have you ever found that guy? Where you're like trying to set your buddy up on a date and like, ask her out. He's like, eh, she's really not my type. And you want to pull him aside and like, dude, really? Your type? Does she have a pulse? <laughs> right? Because you don't have any game. And you're trying to explain to the guy like, you know, when Robert Downey Jr. goes off the scene in Hollywood, they're not going to come looking for you. You're not rich. You're not beautiful. You're not even funny. Like, ask her out. Nah. I, and you're just like, dude, I, I can't help you. And, and we've all had that friend, too, who's had that friend before. And sometimes I think that, too, is how we can be with the Lord. Like, we just don't realize our opportunity at times. We don't realize just what we're coupled with. We're coupled with the beauty of heaven. The one that spoke and things happened. The one that gave himself for us. And our salvation is such a valued, exciting, really precious thing. And I hope today as we close out the simple gospel that we can uh, maybe leave here with just a grasp of just how good it is. To be saved. How good it is to be His. It all starts, let's go through the simple gospel one last time. The Bible states this, For everyone sinned and falls short of the glory of God in Romans 3.23. We don't have to argue that. We all know that everyone in here is imperfect. Everyone in here has sinned. If you point your finger at someone in this room, you've got seven pointing back at you. Especially if we were to uh, reveal the things that you think and that happen when no one's watching. We've all sinned. And the problem with sin is it's not just malignant. I mean, it's not just benign. It's malignant. It brings death. It, the Bible says that the wages of sin is death in Romans 6.23. That it works something awful in us. And you can deny that. People can say, yeah, you know, what's... 
right for you is right for you. What's right for me is right for me. But the truth is when our heads hit our pillow at night and we've been captivated by wrong decisions and sin in our life, we just know there's something not right. And that something that's not right is sin working death in us. It separates us spiritually from God. It's brought death and destruction to this world. And it is catastrophic. But the second half of that verse in Romans 6.23 says, But the gift of God's eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. This is the great news. The bad news is we've all sinned. The worst news is it brings death. But the great news is, but the gift of God. That God demonstrated his own love for us in this while we were still sinners. Jesus died for us. And last week we talked about how do we make that ours? That's great news. And we talked about that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. It said nothing about working it off. It said nothing about trying to get better. It said that if you believe this great story that God loved you so much, he sent his own son to die for your sins, and that he rose again, that you will be saved. It's a gift by faith. That God himself helped you to believe. He gave you this gift of faith so that one day you would choose and say, I accept And with my mouth, boldly, unashamedly, I confess Jesus is Lord. And I believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead. Salvation has come to your life. If you've done that, you're saved. You're part of the family. Sometimes whether you feel like it or not. How many have ever felt like you weren't part of the family? Sometimes you look around at church and you're like, I don't want to be part of the family. (laughs) Tough. You're part of the family. When you gave your life to Jesus, something so important happened. You got coupled up with one that has power to do all kinds of things in your life. And we're going to talk about this little thing called confidence and some called assurance. But it's so vital because many of us are living Christian lives that are insecure and not sure of, uh, does God love me? Not sure of where would I go? when I die? Where, where do I go when I die? Not sure of, does God have a plan for me? Is he working in my life? Unsure. But today I hope everyone that's made Jesus Lord walks out of this place confident in who you are in him. To begin this journey, we're going to start in Romans chapter 8, 28. Romans eight twenty eight says this, and we know that in all things, God works for the good Of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. What a great verse. I love that verse. Um, Now, let me give you a cautionary statement. There's some language in here that's really important to catch. We know that in all things God works for the good to those who love God and have been called according to his purposes. So uh, we see some cool things. Uh, we see elements of God works. We see elements that uh, those who love him have been called. So God's done a work in their life and they've responded to the gospel uh, and been called to what? According to his purpose. So one of the, one of the ways this verse gets a twist, and where I, I like to say it this way, sometimes, sometimes the gospel can have literally a satanic twist. Ooh, that sounds awful. 
We're having such a good time. Why bring the mood down? <laughs> Let me explain this little bit of a twist that happens on the back end of the gospel. And I believe Satan himself introduces it to mess with us. Because it's not biblical, but it sounds oh so good. Here's how it goes. You're sinners, okay, we all agree. Sin brings death. Yes, it does. God loved you so much, he gave his own son uh, to die for you so you could have life. And then when we confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord, believe in our heart, God raised him from the dead, you're saved. And then we read verses like Romans 8.28, God works all things for good. And we kind of stop there, and, and we get this kind of the gospel becomes about, okay, whoop, me. It focuses right on me and says, okay, God's going to work all things for good in my life, and I become the center of the gospel. Now things are going to be better. I'm going to be awesome. Uh, it won't rain in my part of the neighborhood anymore. I'll have no more problems. How many know that you still have to make the mortgage payment a month after you gave your life to Jesus? It didn't go away, man. Your mortgage company didn't say, sweet, you're saved. Well, you don't owe us money anymore. Credit card. You still have to go to Dave Ramsey's class and learn how to get out of debt after you get, come to Jesus. How many Christians you know in debt? It just didn't go away, did it, Kitty? Like, nope. You still have to deal with these kind of things. Um, people still go through sufferings after they get saved. It doesn't mean, and I've heard so many people say stuff like this. I gave my life to God. First of all, that's like the ugly dude saying, I got to go on a date with a supermodel. I gave my life to God like he got the greatest deal in the world when he got Trev Mahoney. No, I got to be part of his family. I gave my life to God and he failed me. Or where was God? A lot of that comes from a viewpoint that says salvation is about God making me happy, not about salvation is about me finding my joy in God. See, salvation, your, your joy comes from a different source. It comes in the, the source of knowing who he is. Not, we don't serve him for the side benefits. That, that, those are side benefits. We serve him and we love him because of who he is. And so there's this twist that can happen. If your twist is you-centered, it's way off because really the gospel is Jesus-centered. Uh, I'm lining up with him. I'm plugging up to his agenda. My eyes are on him. Whether it's good, bad, ugly, I'm in pain, I'm in joy, whatever it is, my eyes are on him. My joy's in him. My strength's in him. So uh, let's, let's just take this whole like me-centered. How many have ever fallen into me-centered gospel? I have for sure. Uh, it's easy to go there. Don't. So, what happens after you believe? When you confess Jesus is Lord, and you believe that God has done this work, that he really came, that he rose again, he died for your sins, he could forgive you and change your life. What, what happened? Well, let's just start with this. Number one, the scripture says, um, in Romans 8.20, it says, For we know that in all things God works. That God's done a very real work in your life. Uh, your salvation wasn't a product of you trying harder. This is a God thing. God has done a work in your life. One of the first things the devil whispers to people's ears after they make Jesus Lord is this. 
Nothing's changed. You really think that made a difference, that religious hocus-pocus that you did on Sunday? You're still the same person. You have the same problems. You have the same everything. Oh, silly you. One of the very first lies he tells everybody sometime during that first week. And you need to understand that God has absolutely done a work in your life. It's not based on feelings. If it was based on feelings, how many here would still have living children? Because <laughs> there are times you're like, okay, I'm just going to have to destroy you. <laughs> if it's based on feelings, how many would go to work tomorrow? I mean, nobody. We'd get up in the morning and say, I don't feel like going to work. Who? I don't feel like driving to traffic. It, your, your salvation is not based on feelings any more than anything else in this life is based on feelings that you care about. It's faith. God has done a work in your life. It's about what God has done. I like to say this. God found you. you he wasn't lost. We like to say, I found Jesus. No, you didn't. He was never lost. He found you. He convicted you. He drew, drew you to him. He opened your eyes and made you realize that you were a sinner and that he loved you and he paid the price for you. And then and only then did you say, I believe. I accept. I, I choose life. You set before me a choice today, life, death. I pick life. But it's what God has done in your life. And we know that in all things, God works. Philippians chapter 1, verse 3 through 6. I like this passage. It says, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. What's it saying? It's saying, God began this work in you. God started this thing. Eternal life comes because of a belief in what Jesus has done. In fact, 1 John chapter 5, verse 11 through 13 says this. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. How do we have it? By believing in the Son. Believing this message that God gave His Son. Now, the next thing that happens, God only didn't do this work, but He's also doing a work in you. It says, God makes all things work together for good to those who love Him. Who've been called according to his purposes. So God has you on display for his purposes. God's working something in you. Um, I use Cindy constantly. I use her more. Um, sorry, Cindy. We'll say that right up front. Cindy and I have been married 30 years now. Of these 30 years, I've been preaching publicly for about 26, 27 of them. A lot of them. And 
Over these years, Cindy has done things because Cindy's a court reporter. Now, you may not know what that is, but it's somebody that does a lot with words. Cindy does words all the time, spells them, makes them correct, blah, 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 blah. And so through the years, you may think, wow, Trev is an oratory genius. (laughs) No, you probably don't. But what you would think is like, okay, what was he like 26 years ago? It was bad. It was really bad. And Cindy would pull me aside and say, hey, Trev, you know, you don't use were in that sentence. You know, Trev, that's not the right word. And she would come to me afterwards and thank God her list is smaller these days. But she come to me with a list like, hey, Trev, you know, um, I can remember when, uh, and I've shared this before, but for those of you that are newer, here you go again. We were in high school. We had to write things called letters. We didn't text because there was no such thing as the Internet or cell phones or any of that stuff. So we had pen and paper. It was like, hear ye, hear ye. I have a declaration. <laughs> so... I would get a pen and paper and I'd write a letter and just pour my heart about how cute I thought she was and she's my girlfriend. Da, 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 da. And she sent it back to me with corrections. <laughs> I promise. I, I was just thinking today, I wish I would have saved that stuff. Priceless, in red, circling, run on sentence, misspelled, wrong word, you know, just everything you'd imagine. It was like I flunked. I would get up and, dang, well, uh, <laughs> I didn't know what to say. Did you like the words? <laughs> so, but she, she tells me this. In fact, like, uh, we're going to test the efficacy of this uh, illustration. She, she just dropped stuff on me. This week she goes, Trev, efficacy. Here's what it means. Efficacious. Here's how you use it. Blowing my mind, Cindy. I had to look it up in the back before I just dropped it on you. Because I know when I get home, she's like, you used it wrong. So, she told me this years ago, and I love this about her. She says, Trev, I just want you to look good. I'm like, Oh, shucks. (laughs) You know, for real. And I realized in our relationship with Jesus, he's not okay with how you came to him. You know, when you come to salvation, you're made holy completely because of the righteousness of Jesus. And in God's sight, you're just as righteous as Jesus. And otherwise, we couldn't be part of the family. But yet there's this other half where he's making us holy. He's, he's working on us. Thank God Cindy didn't just leave me with my Southern Illinois bad habits speaking. You guys wouldn't be here. It was that awful. And thank God he doesn't leave us with the same things we came to him with. Yeah, we're made holy, but some of us still have bad habits and bad thought patterns. Uh, all kinds of awful things that, that you, they may seem normal to you, but everybody around you and Jesus himself is like, ooh, you know, I wouldn't say that that way. And he begins to work in you after you get saved. Uh, it's called big words like sanctification, but he's bettering you. Why? Because he doesn't want you to look bad. He wants you to look a little more like him.
And this is part of the work you can expect to take place. That the Holy Spirit of God will begin to convict you and shape you and, and correct some things. This is why it's so important we tell people, get into a Bible after you've accepted Jesus. Read the Word of God all the time. Read it every day. Little chunks, big chunks, just be in the Word. He's working to make you look better. And this is the other part that he does. It says, let's read that verse one more time. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purposes. So we know that God's at work in us. Not just to leave us halfway, but to finish his work. In Philippians chapter 1 again, the passage said, Being confident of this, he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. God's going to finish this work. He doesn't leave you halfway. I don't care who you are. You may look at your life and say, man, I've got bad habits. I am the most, I'm the worst Christian. Like I have a feeling if I were to say right now at Crossing Church, who's the best Christian here? Raise your hand. Yeah, I see you. Not one hand went up. If I were to say, who's the very worst here? Raise your hand. Oh, now we got a contest. They'd be like, it's me over here. How many thought about raising your hand, but didn't? Yeah, probably most of the room. And you may think that of yourself today and say, I'm kind of at the back end of the table. Like, I'm not really front row type believer stuff because I got saved by the skin of my teeth kind of person. You know, there's no such thing. If you're in Jesus, you're a new creature. God's working in you. He doesn't look at one and say, wow, they're really, really great and I'm going to work in their life and you all ignore, you can be in the back of the room. No, God has saved you. He's done a work in your life and he's beginning to shape and mold and, and there's going to be change come to you that looks good. He's taken away some of the things that would embarrass you, that would hold you back, that would not make you look good, meaning look like him. But then he does this other thing that's so awesome. He's going to bring you through. I don't care how much you struggle in here. I don't care where you think you are. If you love Jesus today and he has saved you, you are in a great place. He's going to bring you through. I'm not one of these guys that's, oh, you're saved. Live any way you want because you're there. Yay! No! Quite the contrary. I would say this. I would say, he saved you. He's going to bring you through. So look the part. It's kind of like this. We've all seen that guy again that has this beautiful person inside, outside, character, charm, wit, just a great person. And, and you talk them into dating this person. They finally go out and... and through whatever reason, social pressure, they end up together. Then you start feeling sorry for her, like, oh, I set her up with this bum. Because when you're together, you realize his eyes wander. Oh, who's that walking in the door? He's standing next to an absolute beauty and character and, and 
everything else in the world, but, but his eyes wander. And his heart gets tripped up in other places. And you want to say to that person, are you that stupid? Are you that much of a, you know, you think of words. Really? And I think of my own walk with Jesus. Sometimes I'm with the best. I'm with the very best. In every way. Not deserving this relationship. And at times my eyes wander. And I think, oh, I wonder if that would make me happy. My heart gets confused. And I don't behave like the one that realizes who I'm with. My commitment gets so weak. Sometimes I'm so dedicated to things that are temporary and will blow away and die one day. But for this relationship, I'm, I easily give up on. I have the lowest commitment. No fight, no drive, no protecting. But he still loves me. And he still says, I got you and you belong to me. But I don't want to be that guy. I want to be the guy that realizes what I got. I want to be the guy that celebrates. I want to be the guy that just shows up because... I want to be the guy that enjoys Jesus when things are boring, when things are tough, when things are great. I want to be the guy that shows Jesus off to my kids and my friends and my family in a real way. Like, look who I'm with. I'm with Jesus. Why? Because he's not only done a work in my life, he's not only making me look better, but he makes his great promise Romans chapter 8, verse 31. He says, what then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him, gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Salvation is just the beginning point. Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It's God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, or hardship, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered to be sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus our Lord. He's so faithful. He's so good. And my prayer today is that you begin to live with this confidence.
that God himself has done a work in your life. You just said yes. That God himself is working in you. Let him work. That he's, he's working a masterpiece in your life. Whether it's difficult or easy. He's at work in your life. And that God will bring it through. He starts what he finishes. And you begin to live a life that, with confidence and says, I'm going to walk this out with God. I'm going to be what he's called me to be. I'm going to do what he's called me to do. And stop being weak. I'm convinced a lot of times we don't have confidence. Is because the devil told us that we're something else. And you need to know who you are in Jesus and how big salvation is. When you catch that, it makes all the difference in the world. When you catch that, you show up. When you catch that, you pray. When you catch that, you're excited about the word. When you catch that, you're excited about how is God using my life. When you catch that, you're a part of things. But if you don't catch it, you're always going to be a little wobbly. Know this. God started a work. God's doing a work. And God will finish a work. With you. And uh, don't blink. When the devil tells you, really? Say, yeah, really? What? (laughs) Bring it right back. We're going to um, pray here in a minute. And I'm going to ask Zach to come on out and just help us close. Um, I'm going to say a word of prayer. And if you're here today and, and you're just full of the enemy's been there, man, working doubt. And he's got you off track ten ways to Sunday. Recognize it's not about you trying harder. It's not about you frantically making things up. It's about you stopping right now and realizing the one you're with. And how good he is. And let that knowledge begin to motivate and shape. And cause you to experience what he's got for you. Listen, everything else is a cheap, it's a fake, it's, it leads us away. From, you know that guy that is standing next to the most beautiful thing on the planet. That's looking around the room at somebody else. No one respects that. Nobody respects that. In fact, we all make rolls our guts. Let's not be that person with Jesus. And let's look at him. Let's see what he has. And let him inspire and lead our life. Why? Because he worked in you. He's working in you. And he'll finish it. Father, we thank you. I just pray right now. We pray together. Uh, first, we confess you as Lord. And I say, Lord, birth of confidence, Lord, for some here that have just been run over by this world and and their love for you seems faint, God, would you shake them and cause them to recognize your love? Lord, for for some here that uh, they've just been rocked with a lack of confidence, they've always thought of themselves as less than, God, would you somehow express to them how much you love them? And no matter how big their struggle you, you know about it and you still love them and you'll still bring them through Father birth of confidence in this room 
I pray in Jesus' name. Now, when you received your bulletins this morning, uh, there's a tear-off portion on there, and I, I have just a couple challenges that I want to throw out there to you. A couple are really easy. Number one, pray for Easter next week. Um, I guarantee you there will be people that show up that are here maybe once a year, maybe never. They'll just show up because it's Easter. Let's just pray that it wouldn't just be, uh, you know, like a normal service that God would show up and do something in people's heart. Will you pray for, with us this week that God would do something in this room? The second thing is in your bulletin, you see uh, a couple flyers that says the resurrection fact or fiction. I got to really study this week. <laughs> I got an argument to make next week about the resurrection and why we can have confidence in it. But you see those flyers in your bulletin. Think of a couple friends you could hand those to. If everybody here said, ah, I'll invite one friend or, or pray for that friend, uh, just if that's something you would want to commit to, uh, please do so. And then lastly, that Romans chapter 8, verse 37 through 39, knowing all these things are, are no, nothing can separate us from the love of God, height nor depth, angels, demons, present, future. Uh, I would love for you to memorize that and just let God fuel your heart, man. Be fired up with the idea. I love when I come in contact with like, what? God says nothing? Then I, I leave my house like, I'm ready for a fight. Like, I'm guaranteed to win. Let's go. Uh, so memorize that. Let God just fuel your hearts. Uh, we're going to worship the Lord in our giving at this time. And, um, and as they give, as the baskets come by, if you have giving, of course, uh, that's where it goes. But your cards... In addition to those responses, we pray for the needs on those cards. We really do. That's not something we take lightly. Uh, we have a team that meet every Monday, and we pray for those things. So uh, we want to encourage you if you have prayer requests as well. I'm going to pray for this giving, and Zach's going to lead us in some worship. Then we'll be dismissed. Father, I thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your provision. I thank you, Lord, for the confidence that you give us. Lord, because you started a work, you're doing a work, and you're going to finish a work. And I just pray, Lord, bless our giving. Uh, bless your people as we respond in Jesus' name. Amen. say God's good. God is good, man. Will you stand with me? I want to pray one more word of blessing over you before you leave this place. Father, I pray, let us leave this place knowing confidently that we belong to you. Lord, if our heart, eyes wander and our hearts are confused, God, forgive us and let us put them back on you. 
and see your glory and see your beauty this week. Help us know your love for us. We give you thanks. We ask this in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Crossings Church Podcast. We meet at Desert Edge High School on the northwest corner of Yuma and Estrella Boulevard in Goodyear, Arizona. Our service times are 9 o'clock and 10.30. Do you have kids? Bring them to our kids' service at 10.30 a.m. You can find us at www.crossingschurchaz.org. Thank you for listening to this week's message. God bless and have a great week.